Section 44 of Five Minute Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Five Minute Stories by Laura E. Richards. Lilies and Cattails. Mother, said Roger, swinging in at the door and catching up the baby for a toss, I'm going to begin physical geography, and teacher says I must have a book, please, as soon as I can get it. It costs two dollars, and it's just full of pictures. Oh, so interesting. And may I get it today, please, mother? Mother looked up with a sad little loving smile. Dear heart, she said, I have not two dollars in the world just now, unless I take them from the money I'm saving for your new suit. And I hardly ought to do that, my poor Roger. Roger looked down with a rueful whistle at his clothes, which, though clean, were patched and darned to the utmost limit. I'm afraid the patent mosaic suit is rather past the bloom of youth, he said cheerily. Never mind, Mammy. Perhaps Will Almy will lend me his book, sometimes, or I can study in recess out of Miss Black's. Don't worry, anyhow, but catch Miss Dumpling here while I go and bring in some water. Mrs. Rain sighed deeply as Roger set the baby on her lap and darted out of the house. She knew it was to hide his face of disappointment that the boy had gone off so hurriedly. Poor Roger, so bright, so eager to learn. He ought to have a first-rate education. But how could she, a widow with four children on a tiny farm, give it to him? Bread and butter and decent clothing must come first. And these were hard enough to win. Even though she worked all day and half the night for them, education must be picked up as it could. The little woman shook her head and sighed again, as she put Miss Dumpling on the floor with a button string to play with, and took up the pile of mending. But Roger, though he was disappointed, had no idea of giving up the physical geography. Not a bit of it. Mother cannot get it for me, he said, as he turned away at the windlass of the old well. Very well, then. I must get it myself. The only question is, how? Up came the brimming bucket, and, as he stooped to lift it, he saw in the clear water the reflection of a bright, anxious face, with inquiring eyes and a resolute mouth. Don't be afraid, old fellow, he said with a reassuring nod. How is a short question, and I'm sure to find the answer before the day is out. And, whistling merrily, he went off to water the garden. That evening, just as the sun was sinking, all golden and glorious beneath the horizon, a boat pushed out from among the reeds that fringed Pleasant Pond. It was a rough little dory of no particular model, painted a dingy green, but its crew was apparently well satisfied with it. One boy sat in the stern and paddled sturdily. Another crouched in the bow, scanning the reeds with a critical air, while between them sat a little fair-haired maiden, leaning over the side and singing, as she dipped her hands in the clear, dark water. "'Here's a fine bunch of cattails!' 
cried Roger. Shove her in here, Joe. Joe obeyed, and Roger's knife was soon at work cutting the stately reeds, with their scepter tips of firm brown velvet. Oh, and here are the lilies, cried little Annet. See, Roger, see, all white and gold, the lovely things. Oh, let me pull them. In another moment, the boat seemed to be resting on a living carpet of snow and gold. The lilies grew so thick that one could hardly see the water between them. Roger and Annette drew them in by handfuls, laying them in glistening piles in the bottom of the boat, and soon Joe laid down his paddle and joined in the picking. "'Some pooty, mayn't they?' he said. "'What you call it later? Sell em for, Roger?' "'For whatever I can get,' replied Roger cheerfully. "'I've never tried it before.' but I know that plenty of boys do take them to the city from other ponds and streams. We are a little further off, but I never saw any lilies so large as ours. Nor so sweet, cried Annet, burying her rosy face in the golden heart of a snowy cup. Oh, how I love them! How the lilies must have wondered at the adventures that befell them after this. All night they lay in a great tub of water, which was well enough, though there was no mud in it. Then, at daybreak next morning, they were taken out and laid on a bed of wet moss, and covered with wet burdock leaves. Then came a long period of jolting, when the world went bumping up and down, with a noise of creaking and rumbling, broken by the sound of human voices. Finally, and suddenly, they emerged into the full glare of the sun, and found themselves in a new world altogether, a street corner in a great city, tall buildings, glittering windows, crowds of men and women hurrying to and fro like ants about an anthill, only the cool wet moss beneath them, and the sight of their old friends, the cattails, standing like sentinels beside them, kept the lilies from fainting away altogether. Roger looked eagerly about him, scanning the faces of the passers-by. Would this one buy, or that one, that pretty lady, who looked like a lily herself? He held out a bunch timidly, and the lady smiled and stopped. "'How lovely and fresh! Thank you!' And the first piece of silver dropped into Roger's pocket, and clinked merrily against his jackknife. Then another young lady carried off a huge bunch of cattails, and a second piece of silver jingled against the first. Soon another followed it, and another, and another, and Roger's eyes danced, and his hopes rose higher and higher. At this rate, the physical geography would be his, beyond a doubt. He saw it already, the smooth green covers, the delightful maps within, the pictures of tropical countries, of monkeys and coconuts, elephants, and thump! His dream was rudely broken in upon by a gentleman running against him and nearly knocking him over, an old gentleman with fierce, twinkling eyes and a bushy gray beard. "'What? What?' sputtered the old gentleman, pettishly. Get out of my way, boy. My fault. Beg your pardon. Roger moved aside, bewildered by the sudden shock. Will you buy some physical geography, sir? he asked. See how fresh they are? They are the loveliest. The boy is a lunatic, said the old gentleman fiercely, and ought to be shut up. How dare you talk to me about physical geography, sir? Roger stared at him blankly, and then grew crimson with shame and confusion. I, I, I beg your pardon, sir, he faltered. I meant to say lilies. I was thinking so hard about the geography that it slipped out without my knowing it. 
I suppose I... What? What? cried the old gentleman, catching him by his arm. Thinking about physical geography, eh? What do you mean? This is a remarkable boy. Come here, sir. Come here. He dragged Roger to one side, and made him sit down beside him on a convenient doorstep. What do you mean? he repeated, fixing his piercing gray eyes upon the boy in a manner which made him feel very uncomfortable. What do you know about physical geography? Uh, nothing yet, sir, replied Roger modestly, but I'm very anxious to study it, and I'm selling these lilies and cattails to try and get money enough to buy the book. This is a most remarkable boy, cried the old gentleman. What geography is it that you want, hey? Merton's, I'll warrant. Trash, sir, unspeakable trash. No, sir, Wilson's, replied the boy, thinking that the old gentleman was certainly crazy. But on hearing this, his strange companion seized him by the hand and shook it warmly. I am Wilson, he exclaimed. It is my geography. You are a singularly intelligent boy. I am glad to meet you. Roger stared in blank wonderment. Did, did you write the physical geography, sir? He stammered finally. To be sure I did, said the old gentleman. And a good job it was. While well, that ass Merton here, here, he cried, fumbling in his pockets. Give me the lilies and take that. And he thrust a shining silver dollar into Roger's hand. And here... He scribbled something on a card. Take that, and go to Cooper, the publisher, and see what he says to you. You are an astonishing boy. Goodbye. God bless you. You've done me good. I was suffering from dyspepsia when I met you. Atrocious tortures. All gone now. Bless you. He was gone, and Roger Rain was sitting alone on the steps, with the dollar in one hand and the card in the other, as bewildered a boy as any in Boston town. When he recovered his senses a little, he looked at the card and read in breezy, straggling letters, Give to the astonishing boy who brings us a copy of my physical geography. Best binding. William Willison. End of Lilies and Cattails Recording by Greg Giordano Newport Ritchie, Florida